Hi Wanderers, Ethan here. Welcome to Wondercast. How are you? Wonderfruit is made possible through collaboration. Clever and creative individuals and organizations bring their ideas and energy to the fields each and every year and make our place their own. This December, we have a very special group joining us to create absolute magic with their recycling innovations. Indorama Ventures is the largest producer of PET plastics in the world. I know what you're thinking. Wonderfruit is a platform for creative sustainability. How can we be friends with a plastics manufacturer? I spoke with Richard Jones, Indorama Ventures Senior Vice President of Corporate Communications, to hear about the good that we do together, how we can all get along, and we even discussed a recycled future. It does seem a little bit of an odd combination, I think, to some people. So the idea of Wonderfruit, which is this um, this four-day intensive sort of uh, pop-up city that focuses on sustainability quite as much as it does, to be spending time and making friendships and starting partnerships with a producer of plastics. So to get it right out of the way to begin with, how is it that Indorama as an organization and Wonderfruit as an organization can see eye to eye? Well, one of the things that we've done over the last few years is to try to play a part in um, educating people, creating awareness about sustainability. And sustainability doesn't just mean um, trash collection. There's a lot involved in it. So um, we wanted to sort of have an audience which is quite large in order to create that awareness if possible and we want people to realize that the easy way out that they had imagined might not be as easy as you would have thought so we wanted to try to explain to people that um, industry is generally on the side of the public in terms of um, trying to recycle plastics trying to help governments to collect plastics but then we realize that individuals in society need to understand this a lot more as well hmm. we're being told that it's up to us as individuals quite often I mean, there's every every sort of campaign everything that's happening that we see from those like viral videos addressing things to new products coming through we're being told that it's up to us as individuals to address this problem you know refuse a straw recycle your waste separate waste streams those sorts of things what's often missing i feel from those conversations is the corporate impact and the government influence and the larger organizations what is the real scale of the problem in respect to global production as opposed necessarily initially to consumption? What people have to realize is that any business that overproduces, in other words, doesn't follow consumption, is going to go out of business very quickly. So the first thing to understand really is that producers don't produce excessive amounts they produce what the public is asking for if the public asks for less we would have to produce less but um, I guarantee you in our industry nobody stands outside the factory gate throwing plastic across the road it doesn't happen so people have to realize that it's a joint effort clearing up the waste problem has to be done in coordination with the government because the governments in most countries of the world are responsible for collecting trash. I mean, it could be the local municipality, but 
generally speaking, it's what we call the authorities are supposed to go around and collect trash. That's why we pay our tax. However, um, in some countries, especially in developing countries, this might not be as effective as it should be. So then the private sector needs to play some role in helping to create the awareness to maybe even uh, look at technologies that could recycle easier and more conveniently in the future. But I don't think that it's one group's job to take care of this issue. How is that demand trending then? If you say that it only keeps up with uh, the, the production and the demand only only match one another, how is that demand trending in a in a world where we're increasingly hearing that you know plastic is bad, quote unquote? Well, we do keep track of demand for um, PET, which is the plastic that goes into drinking water bottles and things. And that grows at something like 5% on average globally. But in developed countries, it would be much less growth, maybe 1% or 2%. Whereas in developing nations, it tends to be a lot faster. And one of the obvious reasons is um, people don't want to drink well water anymore. It's quite risky. So, um, and if you talk to people, for example, in Thailand, not many will drink from the tap. So there's faster growth in developing countries for these hygiene reasons, really. So, excuse me. I do find it interesting, the idea that, if I can just go back to the point again of, of demand and production, because we're now moving to a point where uh, recycling technologies are getting more and more um, economically viable and they're also becoming easy to use and more widespread. Will we ever get to a point where we have enough and we can reuse to continue forward? Will we see that 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 demand drop enough that what's existing out there might be able to cater without fresh production? Yeah, I do. I do think that recycled plastics will play a much bigger role in society. But I'm, I'm unsure whether society actually realizes today where plastic helps them. I mean, people think of this issue today and they just simply see plastic bags. That's it. But when you think that your houses have foam insulation, when you think that your cars are 50% plastic these days, you know, it's like incredible that we have so much plastic surrounding us, but people are only focusing on plastic bags. So And straws. And straws. The enemy, straws. But <laughs> yes, I'm not sure that um, there isn't a way around that even, because one of the things that I do know is that properly managed landfills could keep a lot of plastics that today are very difficult to recycle. In, on the understanding that in the future there will be new technologies which can take advantage of that and make money from it and then dig it all up and recycle it, that sort of thing has become very um, much more popular now in, in places like Australia where they do mine landfills and look for plastics and things that they can now recycle. So I, I wouldn't say that what is lying around on the floor you know, should be stopped. I think that in certain cases it can be landfilled if we think that there will be a technology to recycle it. But for, de- for today, I mean, if you ask people 
would you stop using a straw? I think most people would. Um, but I would particularly be worried about those plastic cans where, where when you open them, it goes inside the can because you don't know how dirty that is. I would, I would be worried about certain things. But generally speaking, I think we could we could lower our usage of straws quite easily today. Is it the the technology you're talking about the the potential uh, landfilling for the future? Yeah. Is that I mean, can we see that coming? Is that a how far away is that? Is that is that a dream or is that something that is actually underway? It, it, it's not underway exactly, but what I'm saying is, in 1957, Russia launched Sputnik. Who would have guessed that the Americans would put a man on the moon just over 10 years later? I mean, if somebody had said to the Americans, yeah, so is that technology being developed? They would have said no. No, but at the same time, we, we are finding ourselves in a, a situation where there is a sense of urgency to the, to the plastic waste problem, and if we can move yeah. to that now. The plastic waste problem is not necessarily the problem that there is too much plastic in the world. I, you know, I, I recognise that. But what there is is there is there is there is too much waste. There is uh, poor management of those things, and so there is a sense of urgency when we see these. We see constantly. We're seeing again those same sort of contents of. Uh, people going scuba diving and all they're finding is plastic and projections that there'll be more plastic in the ocean than there will be fish in 10 years or whatever the, the number may be. In 2025. A, that's the one, 2025, thank you. Um, there is a sense of urgency. To, so is it risky to try and bank at least one arm of the problem on so far non-existent future technology? You know, I, I think it's, it is urgent, but there is a sort of a panic setting in. And when I hear people say, oh, we'll fix this within 10 years, I very much worry about that. Um, regarding the plastic, I think the researcher, um, Professor Jenica, Jenica she, she now admits that it's very difficult to say that there will be more plastic than fish because she forgot to count the fish. So there are uh, things that are happening now, like almost like a panic. People are grasping, I wouldn't say grasping at straws, but they're grasping- <laughs> Grasping at paper straws. Grasping maybe. at, well, paper straws are extremely dangerous for the environment, so I would be careful about that. It's one of the things that people are not aware people are not being educated to understand today that there are alternatives which have a great risk for the environment. But let's go back to talking about this, this urgency. There is an urgency. And I think that if we could get these three large segments of society, let's say the private sector, the public sector and consumers, if we could get them all to be aware and to take some action. At my home, i just give you an example. At my home, we have a large plastic um, oil can and my wife puts all the bottles, only bottles, into that. And then somebody comes around to collect um, junk and things and, and she gives it to him so he can make money from it. Now, if people, I think, were aware that you could recycle quite easily if you would separate um, plastics from your other waste, don't let it be contaminated by something else. Um, there are people who can make money from selling plastic to recyclers. Oh. 
and that only lacks an infrastructure. We're trying to um, create a circular economy where everything is designed to be recycled and everybody then understands that if they sell it back to the recycler, it will be recycled. But the gap in the letter C, it needs to be closed because there's a gap. Circular starts with a C, it needs to be closed. And the gap today is the collection and the separation and the delivery of that waste to uh, proper recyclers and, and hopefully licensed recyclers who will do a good job of that. A lot of it sounds as though many of the solutions or at least to people's collection could be in, in viewing plastic bottles, be they clear or white as you say or green, but viewing these things as having value, right? And yes. although the although the recycle some of the collection depots will obviously give you a financial incentive for your return, um, it still seems as though when it's when I've finished what's in the bottle, the bottle no longer matters. How do we change that specifically and say pe- to people, this is a resource that has value even long after you've used it, so long as you treat it as such? I think that the, the, the economic value of the bottles is a big incentive in developing countries for sure. Um, the thing that we need to do is, first of all, make people aware that there is money involved. And the, one of the interesting things I heard not, not long ago, actually, was if you were to become a collector only of bottles, you'd be a millionaire within a year. The money is pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's something, you know, 14, 15 baht a, a kilo sometimes. It, the price fluctuates. But the thing is, when you're talking about tons, you could make a lot of money. So there's a financial incentive. So it might not be that everyone makes a huge amount of money, but the the fact is, is if you're a collector and you can send to us, you will make quite good good money. So we need to try to get people to understand that PET bottles, at the minimum, um, have an economic factor that cannot be ignored. And there are some types of plastic, PE for example, which are more highly valued, but you have to know what they are. I mean, there's companies like CM Cement, which are looking at recycling other types of plastic at the moment and uh, we are also always talking with them about you know this sort of thing so we we think that the people who can recycle plastic will eventually go into that even further but we need the government then to support the industry to a certain extent you know that um, China banned all the import of waste and that's caused a huge problem and then last year Thailand banned it as well well at least they halted giving licenses to companies to bring it in, which is a pity because we have the recycling ready. We are short of plastic. We actually want that plastic in order to make money. And let's not think of it wrongly. Um, There should be money to be made. Otherwise, what would be the point of doing it? We cannot say yes, we will, we will not provide you with what is your raw material, but we expect you to stay in business. That's illogic. So what we need people to understand is most of the recyclers want plastic, they want to make money, and that's how they will stay in business. If you were not to allow them 
to get these plastic bottles, the problem is they could have some issues in the future. So we, we have to see it very holistically. It's not just what is the industry doing, it's what are other um, sectors doing as well to help the industry. Um, and I guess that in the future there will be a, a circular economy where people are conditioned to collect, separate and give it and sell it to somebody else and it will come back to us and we will recycle it and make it into something else. Actually we could recycle uh, plastic several times, it's not a big issue. I'm not sure um, whether people misunderstand that the natural resources that we use are huge, they're not. The whole of the plastics industry in the world uses about 8% of crude oil. Gasoline by far is half. Yeah, all transportation fuels for aeroplanes and all that is more than half. Now, when you make an electric car from plastics, you make it go further because it's lighter. When you take an ordinary car, doesn't matter what brand it is, but you put uh, plastics into it, you make it lighter so the fuel economy is better. So what people have to realize is that plastics have an important role in society and you don't want to make the mistake. Let's think of an analogy. Suppose that a bee stings you and you swat it. Have you ever thought that, you know, the more people swat bees, the less flowers, the less trees, the less food. We get two years if the bees disappear. That's there you go. So sometimes people don't look at the long-term effect. We don't use a lot of crude oil, but we save on gasoline a lot for the, for the automotive industry. And what that means is if you were to stop making plastic, you would have to use more gasoline. You'd have to use more fuels. And that would be a headache. Planes, um, American Boeings, a lot of plastic is being used in them because it makes them lighter. So their fuel economy is better. And very few people think about that. They're looking at short-term solutions and not seeing that this is actually a wonderful material that helps the world reduce the impact on global warming, for example, because this doesn't, plastic doesn't have a big impact on global warming, but automobiles do. People don't realize that agriculture has a huge impact. In fact, I was reading something the other day, it said people should stop eating beef because the amount of methane given off by animal husbandry is causing global warming much more than, than plastic. But what we do is we think about what we see in front of our face. I see plastic bags, I see plastic bottles in front of my face and I become indignant and say let's get rid of that. Without that long-term vision that says well, if I start this process, where does it end? And will we have a problem? So that's what my concern would be. I'm not saying that people should be disciplined about their use of plastic. But for example, um, the difference between the environmental impact of a foam coffee cup and say a ceramic coffee cup, which one do you think is better for the environment? Well, I 
I mean, or do you know the answer? No. Well, I would I would say that I think we've I think we can clearly distinguish between the idea of uh, climate change and the environmental effects yes. on our atmosphere and our environment yes. in that respect, and that of improper collection of storage and disposal of waste. Mm-hmm. And it's clear from what you've been saying that plastic is not the enemy. As a product, the demonization of plastic may, may be misplaced, but that it's, it's, plastic doesn't find its own way into the oceans, shall we say. That's correct. It's being put there, is that correct? Okay. So, if plastic is to have a role and we accept that plastic is a, is a positive thing as a product and as a, as a package and even the industry that supports it for various reasons, how do we change ultimately and quickly, if we can, the fact that we have a grapes of a garbage patch that's double the size of Texas that's floating around in a gyre in the ocean and that Indonesia's um, rivers are all contaminated with plastics and various other things. Is there a way for current technologies or incoming technologies to say, yes, we can fix the problem and it'll go like this and Indorama Ventures will take this percentage of what's taken out of the ocean and turn it into something useful and this company then separate. Like, is that really something that we are going to see? Yes. So I, I can say that we are working towards a solution now. Um, Indorama Ventures is funding two startup companies today, one in Europe, one in America, that are um, confident that they can do chemical recycling. And our chemical recycling is interesting because um, today most of the recycling of plastic or PET anyway is done through mechanical recycling, which is a machine that cuts it up, grinds it up, and then melts it and washes it and all that. Chemical recycling basically makes like um, a bathtub of chemicals, if you like. The plastic is put into that bathtub. It breaks it down to the molecular level. And then what floats out the top is pretty much new PET molecules, monomers. Now, why that's interesting is because what you maybe haven't realized is that clothing is made from PET, but we use the word polyester when we talk about clothing. And so a lot of the top fashion houses today use polyester. Nobody ever talks about recycling clothing, but it's done, but to a very small level. Now, the advantage of chemical recycling is you can put all types of polyester into it and it will break all of them down back to the original molecules and we can then recycle it or make it again into new polyester or PET. Then, you know, there are other technologies which we are not looking at, but there's um, incineration for energy use which is um, already being used in places like Germany quite successfully. Sweden has uses so much that they have to import their waste. Yes, that's correct. So there's a, a professor I heard in Florida who's doing plasma gasification which means all waste can be thrown into it and it's, it becomes a synthetic gas which can either be made into other plastics or it can be used for energy generation. That's still at the very nascent stage at the moment, but it sounds interesting and it would mean that we could throw any trash into that. 
but for chemical recycling we believe that this will be the answer to a lot of problems about what you do with clothing and put it in with bottles fine that's no problem that we are we are hoping anyway we are still um, building up to that but I, th I think in the future it won't be just one company that solves the world's problems no but even with the you know as a as an incoming nascent technology like uh, the chemical recycling how do we ensure that we're not talking in 10 years about the chemicals and their effects you know as an example oh I yes I, I completely we certainly understand. got ourselves in a lot of the problems we are in now because of like a foresight yes right? yes well, you're absolutely right and in fact I raised this question myself and the idea would be that it would be a closed enclosed you see there was a I don't know if you remember there's a university that came out with a microbe that eats plastic yes. and one of the first things I thought was so if they if they release it into the river and they said no no it's enclosed so it will be the same for the chemicals that we use it won't be released for any reason and so um, they, they, they should re that should reduce the the risk to the environment I don't think that we can um, justifiably pursue a technology which we know could have a very negative effect <laughs> on the environment. But yes, these questions do get asked internally and so we, we, we do have um, those facts that we will not be releasing the chemical into the wild, so to speak. And I don't think anyone that deals with chemicals would want to do that. No, in a lot of places they're probably pursuing these things would be a very expensive mistake as well. Mm. So finally, if we can wrap up with one thing, what is something that you are optimistic about in the world which is not specifically related to plastic, but related to some of the issues that we face around the world around things like climate change and waste disposal and those sorts of things? What is something that you've heard of that maybe somebody else hasn't you want to shed lights on or is very common, but something you're very, very optimistic about? You know, most of this um, movement started in Europe. I wouldn't say it started in the US or Asia. I would definitely put it firmly into the EU environment. And what makes me very hopeful that this problem can be resolved is that collection, recycling in Europe has improved tremendously. I don't know whether anyone knows this, but plastic recycling has been around since 1972. So it's not a new fad. It's been developing slowly. And what, what makes me feel happy is that recycled plastic products tend to be slightly more expensive. But in countries like Germany, they're very willing to buy things if they see it's being made from recycled plastic. So, you know, the younger generation, when I was young, it would have been the hippie generation. But nowadays, the younger millennials are saying, yeah, I'm willing to pay a small premium for something that's made from recycled bottles. You've got companies in Europe, startups make, well, jeans, bags, Patagonia, for example. Adidas is making running shoes from uh, waste taken from the ocean. This is really encouraging. And in, in Thailand, I've been asking um, a department store, why don't you sell these things? Because it, it would show that you're willing to take a lead. But of course, we have to overcome issues in Asia which is that something made from trash 
sounds dirty. Yeah, we need to overcome that. Perception. Yeah, we need to overcome that. But in Europe, they've done an amazing job. Some of these um, startups are really helpful in trying to prevent waste. But we must understand that global warming is not being caused by waste alone. It's being caused by factories that need to lower their greenhouse gases. It's being caused by deforestation, which is releasing carbon. It's being caused by agriculture. These are, these are um, equally responsible and we need to be equally responsible in maybe how we approach our daily lives. What do we eat? Do we throw food away? You know, people throw food away without realizing that it, methane comes off as it disintegrates and they're actually adding to global warming. Food, or I should say really organic material, is about 60% of the world's waste according to the World Bank. So we need to understand that it hits us personally. It's not only one thing that is responsible for global warming. There's a, a whole myriad of things in our lives that cause it. And it's very, very straightforward. Don't eat, don't buy more food than you need, put it that way. Learn more about how Indorama Ventures is creating a recycling ecosystem for the fields and the ways you can join in at our Wonderfruit website. Visit www.wonderfruit.co. That's www.wonderfruit.co. Stay in touch and stay tuned for more from Wondercast. Talk soon.